Hey, I'm Bailey. I'm Michael. And I'm David. And welcome back to Facing the Gates podcast. That was just uh, Michael's phone. Michael's phone. So as we begin the episode. Because so. we actually turn our phones off for church and then he forgets to put his phone on silent. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I'll forgive him for this one horrible mistake he's made, but there are many others that I will not forgive him for because he's an awful person. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we went to uh, an Anglican church. We went to St. James Anglican this morning. The low blue. Yeah, there's a little subtitle underneath the the bulletin heading that I didn't notice until they just pointed out because it's tiny and blue and it doesn't pop. But anyway, um, yeah. So I guess probably starting out, we should probably talk about uh, the the church itself and how it looks. It was it was a probably one of the smaller ones we've been to in terms of like the room. They they also used high church language um like the lutheran church but in the lutheran church it was kind of optional you know you didn't have to call it that you, you could call it the sanctuary you could call it the nave in the anglican church they prefer to call it the nave um so you walk in you have the narthex and then you have the nave and then you have um the apse and the altar at the end they didn't have a transept because it's just kind of a smaller church yeah if kind of how i like to describe it everyone's seen the small kind of more traditional churches especially in the south mm-hmm. and it's kind of that design uh kind of well blue little blue building little blue church yeah yeah, yeah. and though the first thing when you walk in you see is the stained glass yeah so that's the first thing that catches your eyes the the big stained glass of j man yeah really big really beautiful stained glass at the end um it's a gigantic jesus man standing on a tiny earth and then uh they have some smaller stained glass on the side of that um and of course you have the altar at the end um and then you have your lectern that's that's the that's the big word that's the one where they speak the words of the bible that's the that's where they go to read the bible and the other one is the pulpit i don't know if he called it something different i don't i don't think so anyway that's where he goes to give the uh the the sermon um kind of like the uh, lutheran church that we went to last year or last week sorry last year um but i noticed that it was um the lectern and the pulpit were reversed on which side yeah i don't know if that has any significance or whatnot it's just an observation yeah and the baptismal font was on the left side yeah it was it was in front of the uh pulpit um and he had um and they, they said they do baptisms through sprinkling or pouring if you prefer to do immersion then they were like yeah we, we'll just go to another church and use theirs. another church or lake greek kind of wherever yeah because he if i remember correctly he said he has used uh baptist churches mm-hmm. i forget exactly but where they do their yeah they have baptismals baptism. behind yeah. the pulpit and he also had two different names for kind of each side. I forget mm-hmm. exactly the two names, but it's like uh. Well, one's the one was the lectern, and the other one I think yeah. is just the pulpit. But for I'm not sure what 
The uh, kind of rose. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, I don't remember. We that we didn't absorb everything. He he gave us a little bit of a, a tour mm-hmm. um, before we did the interview yesterday. So yeah. this is what we're uh, remembering, which is unfortunately not everything. There was a lot of information yesterday, as you could tell from the very long episode that came out last week. Yeah, by far our longest episode. Yeah. It was definitely very informative, though. There was a lot of history and a lot of nuggets of information there. That was good. Little scrumptious chicken nuggies. Yeah, kind of like the hardies I had today. So that wasn't chicken nuggies. That was chicken. That was a big old chicken, man. Yep, I I ate a uh, big bird. But yeah, I, I like the building because mm-hmm. it is an older building, and I love to see older buildings still being used. Mm-hmm. And again, appreciating their history and the architecture that went into them and them still standing after all these years. Yeah. Even though he did mention there was a Think lightning he... strike. Oh, that yeah. Took out everything but the stained glass. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. But pretty cool. Yeah. And so I really enjoy the older style building and the pews and all of that. Yeah. It was. um. He mentioned it used to be an Episcopal church, as we talked about in the interview yesterday. The, there's a couple of differences between the Episcopal church and the Anglican, Anglican. church, which is um, can be confusing, which is why for people who don't know, um, which is why I wanted him to kind of explain yeah. that, because basically when it started in America, it was called Orwell once it was started and once the colonies were established, it was called the Episcopal Church. And then later the Anglican Church kind of took root uh, as the Anglican Church in America once the Episcopal Church was doing lots of uh, politically liberal and theologically liberal things with the church. Um and then, um, let's see, what, what the walls were mostly white. There was a couple windows. And a couple small little, uh, <clears throat> like, ceramic-type things hanging on the wall. Yeah, they were, they were kind of like um, icons, kind of, but not quite. Yeah. It was just kind of like, yeah, like you said, little, tiny little ceramic artwork, basically. And then the uh, kind of the candles that were lit every so often on the wall. Mm-hmm. It was really a simple. And the chandelier. Yeah, the mm-hmm. chandelier wasn't too much going on, and you could tell where the focal point of the building was meant to be. Yeah. Which was right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let a lot of natural light in mm-hmm. through the on the sides. The windows were kind of shuttered. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say, like, as he talked about with the stained glass, when the light just hits the right, you can see the kind of gold outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, when the sun comes through, the stained glass kind of, like, glows like a goldenish orange light. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty cool, because mm-hmm. that happened towards the end of the service. And I think this is probably one of the more low-tech type of services. It's just relying on the vocals of the preacher and of the congregation, mm-hmm. which gave it definitely a different feel than even, say, some of the others where they did have the technology 
can use them. You can tell this one's very to its roots. Yeah, though they did use a piano, yeah. electric piano. Yeah, that's about as high tech as they're going to get, which is fine because that's it's not saying that technology equals better because sometimes it's, it's yeah, not. We, it it communicates something differently. We'd be Amish if we, we believed it. Yeah. Um, the pews, there were pews, um, kind of like last week at the Lutheran church. It was basically the same uh, wooden pews with cushions. Um, they weren't terribly uncomfortable, yep, and then, but they were pews. So. And they had un, kind of slightly under the pews where... Yeah, they had um, kind of, I don't know what they're called, but the things you can kneel on. Um, yeah, and they if were you, cushion then. Yeah, so um, certain, especially with um, Catholic churches, I'm pretty certain. I'm not positive on this, but they, they do a lot of kneeling during the service and being that Anglican is very much close to Catholicism. Um, that is one of the things that they've adopted from that. Uh, I'm not hundred percent certain on that. We'll find out when we go to the Catholic church, but, um, yeah, I think that's, that's basically where that is from. No one used them, but they're there if you want to yeah. use them. No, they're actually, I think uh, I saw a few people. Oh, were they? Yeah, right. um, to our right, there was a older gentleman that, for prayer, he would kneel down. Okay. And I, he wasn't kneeling straight to the floor, so I saw, oh, he was using that, which I mean, gotcha. yeah, especially once you're older, having a little bit of cushion to kneel is probably way more comfortable. Yeah. Hey, forget about older. For someone like me, I got bad knees. I, that's a necessi- yeah, necessity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did notice some people when it came time to pray would kneel down okay. or for kind of certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about uh, the service now, because when we walked in, he told us yesterday, he was like, yeah, since it's Father's Day, there's probably going to be like three people there because everybody's out of town. There was a few more than three people, but, but uh, it was definitely not a very large congregation. Yeah, I would say like a maybe very, 15 uh, or 20 or so. Yeah, it felt like a small, kind of close-knit congregation. Everybody knew everybody. Yeah, so when we walked in, we literally talked to everybody because when there's not very many people there, you kind of have to. <laughs> well, but, I mean, it was nice. I mean, they were all greeting us and welcoming, welcoming us. Yeah, and... That's something that can kind of get lost in like the larger mega churches where right, there's clicks yeah. and this and that. Yeah. Whereas this one, you walk in and if there's a new person, they know there's a new person. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so they're right. welcome, good handshake or a hug or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's definitely very different than the larger churches that we've went to. I but think this is probably the smallest one yeah. that we've gone to. So- so far, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was even smaller than uh. Sorry. The the people, the amount of people at Pastor Trent, because I don't mm-hmm. think, yeah, there's not a second service for this church. All right. But given the area that they're in, there's also lots of churches everywhere yeah. there. And so. There was a Pentecostal Baptist. I mean, like every block pretty much is a church. More than every block yeah. <laughs> was a church. I mean, right across down the road was the Baptist, and right almost behind on the block was the Pentecostal. Yeah. And then there was the possible Catholic church. Yeah. The, at least that one building looked 
get abandoned, but there was also another church right next to it. Yeah. Um, in the back of the pews, uh, also there was there's you know your hymnal, and then the Book of Common Prayer, which he mentioned yesterday, um, and essentially it is their liturgical book um, for you to follow along during the service. Um, within the uh, what is this? What is this bulletin. thing called? Bulletin. I don't know why I had a brain for it. Within the bulletin. Uh, there's certain parts of the the service that say refer to page so and such and such in the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, so you flip to the Book of Common Prayer or refer to the hymn on this page. So as an outsider, I will say there was a lot of flipping between books and um, it was a little bit difficult for me to follow along because there was a lot of like... All right, now we're in the hymnal. All right, now we're in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, now we're, we're in the bulletin. Seven. Now we're back in the Book of Common Prayer. And it was there was a lot of... There would be growing pains if I were to become Anglican because I would have to get used to that. So mm -hmm. it's not as... Whereas with the Lutheran Church, for example, um, everything's in the bulletin. You can follow along with that. Yeah, though that also could just be kind of how they proceed with the, say, like COVID measures. Mm-hmm. Because having everyone grabbing a book could, in some people's eyes, maybe raise that issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have a bulletin either way, so. Yeah. It just probably depends. Yeah. Though, at least on, even though it was a little bit, like, sometimes where to go, at least on the back, there was the, for the Book of Common Prayers, like, page 76, there's some Corda, 77... Sanctus, 80, Prayer Confession, Oblation. And on the back, it kind of has a little cheat sheet for the pages you should go to. Yeah, which is useful, um, except that there's other things in the bulletin, and I didn't realize that there's a back... There's a second half to the service. Yeah. I didn't realize that until like it was the I second was, half of the service. Until like the last quarter of the service, I didn't realize that was there. So I mean, inside the bulletin, you have um, like your prayer list, um, and then they have the readings for the day, and then they have a hymn, mm -hmm. which I assume is just not in the hymn book, which is probably why they put that in there. Um, but as far as the service goes, um, it started out um, with announcements, I'm pretty certain. Yeah. He would say the announce, uh, the priest would say the announcements from the back of the room. I don't know if that was symbolic of anything or if he was just back there talking to people before and just decided to start there. Um, and then he started with, we started with a hymn. And while we were singing that hymn, um, I think it was his son. Um, took the the big cross thing, yeah, and was walking down the aisle. Where did he take it? I wasn't following he, where he put it. Um, well, it was brought for and on the right side. Okay. If you notice where, um, he kind they kind of sat right next to there on the right. Okay, in so in front it, of the uh, where the one person would read the lectern. Yeah. Okay, so the, he brought kind of brought it up to in front of the yeah. lectern. 
in front of the altar behind the lectern. Okay, gotcha. Um, kind of hard to describe, but... Yeah, yeah. If, if you guys look at the inside of an Anglican church, uh, just, just Google a picture, and then it'll make a little bit more sense because it's, it's hard to describe verbally what we saw visually at all times. Yeah, um, that's not always the easiest thing to do. Yeah, we, we try, we try. Yeah, but. because he brought it for at the beginning of service, and then at the end of service, he carried it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were, you know, stuff in the Book of Common Prayer. There was a couple things there, um, like the Collect of Purity, the Summary of the Law, and the Kyrie, Elysion, Elysion. Um and then they started with uh, reading from the Old Testament. They read from Job. And then after uh, they read uh, Job 38, which ironically I've quoted on the show, I think at one point. I don't remember which episode it was, but I mentioned that at some point. And then um, we did like a call and response Psalms. Assault, or or uh, when when you're referring to this, I'm pretty certain when you're referring to the Psalms as a song, it's called the Psalter. Um, but it's, it's basically Psalms 107, one to three, a couple other verses. One to three, then. Um, twenty-three through thirty-two. Yeah, and basically, the priest would say the first half of the verse and then we would say the congregation would say the second half of the verse yep and in the uh, pamphlet there's an asterisk where he would do the call and then after that he did a response Mm -hmm. yeah which was a little different but not terribly too different from the Lutheran call and response but there was little more of it in this church Mm -hmm. is what I noticed yeah um, and then, and then I feel like he, there was some other stuff. It was, it was a little, I didn't follow everything that happened. Yeah. I, I got a little lost yeah. myself, but there were, was a lot of a congregation alongside mm-hmm. like reading different verses and things of that nature, which was different than any of the other churches we've been to where there's kind of that with it being close knit and small they're active in the service as well yeah and it it makes a person read it yeah not just listen but actually read it and kind of digest it a little bit more Mm -hmm. so then they they had um, the Gloria Tibby I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right um, and then they had the reading from the gospel, which was from Mark. And then they had one other reading. Oh no, they had a they had an epistle before they read from Second Corinthians, and then they had the gospel. And then he went into his sermon. Um, so this this service had four. Um, specific scripture readings one was old testament job then singing the psalter then an epistle uh second corinthians and then 
the gospel, which was Mark. Um, so that was interesting. You know, they they have read the Bible more than any of the other services, I think, yeah. that we've gone to. And then he gave his sermon. Um, and being that it was Father's Day, it was related to Father's Day. And kind of fatherhood and kind of the position that a father should take. Yeah. Um, and kind of few things that make a good father or good man in general. Right. As he said. Um, th so basically he was... Um, he did also reference lots of other um, Bible verses, though he didn't... That, though they weren't part of like the the reading he referenced like Ezekiel. Um, he also referenced wisdom of Sirach, which is, um, part of the Deuterocanon or the Apocrypha, the, the long canon of the old Testament, which I have not read yet, but I plan to. And, uh, it sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty, pretty wisdomy. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that one when I read it. Um, Bailey's going come and spit some hot facts to us yeah. about it. And then we we experienced something we have not yet experienced at a service yet. What was that? The, the breaking of bread. Communion. Communion. Oh, I was going to get to that in a little bit because that was towards the end. I was going to talk about the sermon because obviously um, it was interesting. We all have thoughts. Appreciate nice. the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was later. That was later. But it don't, goes, don't, not spoilers. It goes with the sermon. The book does. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I like that he referenced other uh, Bible portions, parts of the Bible, um, to kind of convey his message more. And um, it was it was a little bit of like a, a cultural criticism, kind of, on how how a lot of the times people don't know how to like own up to their actions and take responsibility. And he, he's kind of like, Hey, uh, men need to be, need to step it up. And he's like, well, there's, there's some, some men in this congregation that are doing a good job of that. Yeah. And, and but still like, um, he was, he did kind of a joking, kind of joking little list of <clears throat> translating what men say he's like i'm i'm even guilty of this one yeah <laughs> which i mean honey I, I don't know where it's at ak if it's not in my outreach hand have no clue <laughs> yeah which i mean i can respect that because it's again he is just as faulty as all of us yeah which uh, because you know a lot of people will try to do the here's what you need to do and it's like well, it kind of comes off as holier than thou. Yeah, where kind of how he did it, how his approach, it was more, here's what we can all work on. Yeah, yeah and, and I like that he, like you said, he was not afraid to mention, like, hey, this is where I have slipped up myself. So, yeah, and one thing that I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but he used the kind of more modern version of father. Not necessarily one of same blood, but one of upbringing, one of structure, yeah. and one of credibility well, uh, and responsibility. Because, because. At, he did say, 
even in the Bible, some of the greatest fathers were not blood related. Yeah, and in in the Bible, the family familial terms isn't always as binary and blood like yeah. we use it today. Yeah, but there was a sector of time pre-modern where father was blood, mother yeah. was blood, and the the viewing that a uh, family construct doesn't have to necessarily all be blood related. It's who takes that responsibility, who owns up to it and does the best they can. That uh, I appreciated that. Yeah, the one who tries to take care and guide. Yeah. Would be the father figure or the mother figure in that aspect, which especially nowadays where it kind of especially in like America, high divorce rates, high single parents. Mm -hmm. It's something that like some people in community might be the father figure or like their mentor, someone that takes that higher stance and tries to lead. Yeah. Um, Which is an interesting kind of little thing that he made sure kind of the state Mhm. Yeah, um I I'm a little I'm a little torn on his sermon. Like I I liked it. I I got the message he was getting across. Um and I I think it had a good variety of talking points between going uh from the Bible to culture to a couple dry humor jokes. Um, and, and kind of like, it was, I think this, the way he did it, it was kind of like somewhat like the Pentecostal pastor, but it made sense. <laughs> like he had like the elements of like a lot of talking points and kind of weaving his way in between yeah, them and yeah. making sense of it, but it made sense instead of just, then he had verses to back it up. Yeah. It wasn't like just. Spewing out random things, um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it, but I think it was a little. I am kind of because this this may be a topic for a different day, but um, and, and obviously we're going to talk about um the the broader spectrum of politics at some point and and how that interacts with Christianity and and whatnot. You'll get a hear hot political it's gonna be a saucy boy yeah it'll be interesting but um most people can guess i'm i'm a little torn because like i i understand there are political implications to being a christian but at the same time i don't know that the pulpit is the place to be preaching politics now he wasn't completely preaching politics he was kind of just criticizing culture to some degree um you know, he wasn't advocating policy or party yeah, or anything he, he like that. Going, he, was just, he wasn't going, this party's right. He, he was, was more uh, he was just society as a whole. Yeah, he was just like, you know, them soy boys are really ruining America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, but, one thing I will say, that this is a type of service where I feel to know if it's for you or not, you'd have to go a couple times and get a 
more broader view instead of our pinpoint view. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I'd say that for a lot of the more where... Because it took you, like, even when we came out of the service, I was like, hey, Michael, what do you think? And he's like, I need a minute to think about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like, and I was the same way because I was like, I can't put it. Because usually when we leave a, a church service, we're like, okay, I thought this about this. And we have like a whole conversation. Whereas this one, we had to kind of let it stew for a little kinda bit. Kind of digest. Yeah. yeah. Whereas our least favorite ones, we were. We had thoughts. Instant. Yeah. Where the the more traditional ones kind of have to sit there and think and digest it a little bit more. yeah digest it yeah and that's something i'd say with uh pastor trent's church or the lutheran church mm-hmm. those are ones you definitely to get a feel of it's for you would need to visit a couple times yeah and i'd recommend talking with these preachers if you're looking or considering because that I think that really helps, and that's a pleasure that we get to do is talk and understand the history and their background, why yeah. they chose this denomination. Context is key. Yeah, context is key. Mm-hmm. And also, say the church ain't quite for you. Well, you can act, you could probably have a conversation like, hey, any recommendations because I'm trying to find this or this specific and get help with your own research. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a certain crowd that is like, well, you shouldn't go church shopping. Well, in reality, it's like not- for me, my perspective is um, I don't want to be church hopping. So I don't want to just join a church just to join a church and then realize two months later it's not really a healthy church to join or there are certain problems or theological issues so I would much rather take my time and deci- deciding where I belong theologically and then, you know, because I want whatever church branch that I join to be my church home that I don't migrate from in two years. And you want to build like, you want to become some... a part of, say, the church family. I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to be a part of that community and I want to know that that's the place where I belong. So I don't want to just, because I mean, if I just went to some church down the street, like I'm sure people would welcome me, but at the same time, um, you know, it's kind of like, because looking at things from a denominational level is kind of like looking at all the world religions and saying, which one do you believe in? I'd like to akin it to finding a partner in life. Yeah. You're not going to just meet one person and that'd be it. Yeah. And you just go, first one I see, that's when I put in a ring on. It's not how it works. Yeah. And I think the term church shopping doesn't do what you're doing justice because well plus it's just it's a good experience for us to go to these different types of churches i think people should do that just to see what it's like it's not like you're hopping from baptist to baptist church to see who rubs you the right way or this or that or who's got the best performance you're going not only for uh what you perceive but also theological perspective certain aspects like calvinist non-calvinist uh traditional non-traditional you're looking at the whole picture instead of just church shopping one 
type of church back to back to back to see yeah, yeah. what's what satisfies your earthly needs instead of your spiritual yeah. needs. So, right. In another way, it's like trying to decide which way you're going to cook your chicken. You want barbecue? You want Chinese food? So like sesame chicken? Maybe some orange chicken? Maybe some fried chicken? Yeah. Maybe just simple rosemary and some salt. Yeah. And some butter. You heard it here first. Choosing. Your because church like is the like core, choosing what kind of chicken you because, want. Because, I mean, think of, like, the chicken as the core, and everything else is kind of the tradition, the other kind of things that go with it. Yeah. So barbecue sauce is like Calvinism is what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of a digestible way to kind of see it. The core is there, but it's kind of how everything interacts with it. Yeah. I get okay. what you're saying, but it kind of sounds jackassery. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I don't know. It just—it's the first way to describe it I popped in my head. Yeah, but you're not gonna stick to cooking one type of chicken the rest of your life. Whereas if you find a wife, <laughs> I don't know. Your goal is till death do we part. If you find a church home, your goal is till death do we part. Is how I look at it. Yeah, kind of. And that's not to say that like maximum pressure, your next church has to be your final oh, church. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, people but things grow happen. and evolve, and right, but but don't get into it for shallow reasons. Get into it for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. Just kind take of your, think and it take out. Take your time. Don't don't be like I like the um that they um okay. I like their wallpaper and the stained glass. Well, I mean, those are those are decent reasons, but like still, like the the. I think the theological things are, yeah. like, the core. It of, has to be spiritually fulfilling. Right. And it, ha- it has to help answer questions that you may have. And yeah. you also have to feel like the preacher isn't... That he is in high regards, but he's just the man. And that he is reachable. That he remains humble. And he has humility. And is willing to do that outreach and that talking and that learning and welcome you into the fold instead of <laughs> keeping distant. Yeah, which I think Father Russell has has done. When, uh, yeah, when he was he greeted us and yeah, I mean talked to us. I at the end of the interview, once we were leaving, he gave us all a hug and it's like, yeah, we we talked before and after the interview and then we talked a little bit before and after church today. So he was very welcoming. Um, but yeah, and then. They had communion, which was a first. The first for the Facing the Gates podcast. Yeah, the first communion. Um, even though a lot of the churches like do it and do it fairly frequently, mm-hmm. we've just happened to yeah. go when they don't have it. Yeah, like the Lutheran Church, he wants to start doing it every week. But yeah, they right do it now, like every other week, and we went. Yeah, week or important dates. Right. Um, Though hopefully they can get that back up and running because I think that'd be a nice thing to have. Yeah, so I think a good chunk of the service was preparing for communion. Um, I think his sermon was maybe like 20 minutes or so, something like that. And then they recited the the Nicene Creed. Um, And then there was a couple other things that they were uh, mostly in the Book of Common Prayer. And some call and response things with the priest would say something and then the congregation would say something in response. Um, things like the, there was like the invocation, the Lord's Prayer, uh, prayer of humble access. Uh, lots of, lots of things prepping for communion. 
If you want to know all the gory details, go to an Anglican church. Yeah, seriously. It was was an interesting experience. Um, And then um, towards the end, the priest um, served communion and basically called all baptized Christians to come to the front. And they kind of put down a cushion and they closed the rail um, behind in front of the altar. So I think it's kind of the same thing with like the symbolism of like the, the holies, high priest. The holies. Right. Yeah. And if, if you ain't careful, zap. Yeah. Except that you're not going to get zapped now. So. Yeah, nowadays. That's but good. Back in the day. Ooh. Yeah. They so, were, but I, I still wouldn't want to test that. <laughs> they, they tie a rope to your leg just in case. You got zapped. No, in case <laughs> pers- in. in case yeah. he died, so they don't go in and get zapped. Yeah. So um, there was basically there there would be a couple people. They would kind of kneel at the uh, rail. He would hand them the um, bread. I guess the bread. Um, not sure the difference between leavened and unleavened bread, so I'm not going to be able to get into that for the theology nerds about that Sorry. It's, it's it's bread it's a little round wafer thing uh you eat that and then he handed uh passed out trays little tiny glasses of wine for everybody um and then you drink that and then throw in the trash on the way down and um i think that was pretty much it yeah and i, I like that it was for any baptized christian not necessarily Anglican, not necessarily Lutheran. As long as you are a Christian, mm-hmm. you were welcome to come get communion, and we were welcome to come up. Yeah, um, being that, because uh, I, I meant to ask him this yesterday, but I, I did ended up texting him later uh, just to make sure. Michael and David were welcome to come up, uh, but being that they are not baptized Christians, they would have to kind of... Um, cross their arms over their chest and then he would kind of bless them but he would not be able to give them communion yeah. basically and we wouldn't be the type to go up there to take it is that just be, yeah well he, that, he we just talked to him yesterday so he yeah. knows but well, i mean in general that would have just been disrespectful for like yeah just give me the wine yeah they um he said he goes off the honor code i think i don't i remember how much of this was mentioned in the interview because there was a lot of conversation that happened we easily talked yesterday for over three hours and yeah as long as the podcast says there was even more discussions which is very very good yeah so after uh communion he basically um there was a couple other things from the Book of Common Prayer, um, like the Prayer of Thanksgiving, Gloria and Exaustus, and the Benediction. And then he kind of dismissed us, and we kind of, uh, people were telling us bye and appreciated us yeah, for well, coming we, and that we kind met of thing. the last person we didn't get to be able to be in, introduced. Yeah, possibly. so we have literally, I think we literally met everyone. Every, yeah. yeah. Everyone there. Um, which, I mean, it's fine because there weren't that many people. From um, the youngest to oldest, everyone made sure to stop by. Mm-hmm. And um, then we went and got food. 
And uh, so I guess before we uh, talk about anything with the interview, um, what'd you, what, do you, what were your guys' thoughts on the service itself? It was a little foreign, but I, with the experience of the other services we have done, it wasn't too foreign. Mm-hmm. It's not like you went from Baptist to Catholic. Yeah. Or no, no. It's Baptist more to like Greek or Orthodox. Yeah, it's like we've kind of dipped our toes in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. and we're going deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yeah, but all in all. Enjoyable service. Once, if we were to go back, it wouldn't probably be as hard to keep up. Yeah. Because there, as you've mentioned, there would be major growing pains and kind of getting the flow of everything. Yeah. And being able to prep. Because you could tell there are some people there. If you could not drive your truck that yeah. loud, sir. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, but. There were some people who were automatically on it, just in yeah. the book. Or already some knew where to that, go. Say like the Nicene Creed, or how? I forget. Probably Nicene Creed. The some Nicene of, Creed. Some, some some of them probably just memorized yeah. it because yeah. you say it every week. Yeah, and so stuff like that, you would kind of start to memorize, and then the stuff that pops up differently every week, you'd be like, okay, yeah, okay, I'm on it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I agree. It was, it was a little jarring to get used to flipping between the different books and the hymnal and the, um, book of common prayer bulletin bulletin. Why do I keep forgetting what that's called? (laughs) It's literally, I've said it a million times. We've said it every episode. Yeah, I know. Um, that's also us going from a more contemporary kind of background where, you're lucky if you even get to open up your Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a little, uh, just, just as an outsider, it was a little confusing, just kind of jumping between this, this and this and, uh, following along, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like, I have no idea what's happening. It was like, okay, I can kind of follow along, got a little lost in some Mm. places, but it's not like they were reading to us in, Hebrew or Latin where we were just like what? No he also made sure to when especially when they grab the book what page you can find it on yeah and And there are parts where the where um, Father Russell would say hey this is on page such and such of Book of Common Prayer and you know so yeah but all which especially coming in there new really helpful yes yeah Yeah. It, it was an enjoyable a different but enjoyable experience mm-hmm. and if you are someone who say has been raised baptist your whole life or methodist or give even if you're you don't convert but experience these things so you can understand kind of where all of this comes from yeah yeah i think it's been definitely very it's beneficial for me but i know it's it's definitely beneficial for you because you know, you you may not know a lot of what we're learning in the interviews, so it, yeah. it's definitely and like it's useful being able to experience some of like the traditional stuff because, like, as we said, Baptists, and we also Mike and I grew up in a going to a Methodist church. Yeah, Anglican Methodist church. It did have a handle and it did have the Bible. Those were, <laughs> yeah, at least from what I remember. Right, 
the uh, the Anglican Church is kind of like Catholicism light. Basically. I was about to say that. Yeah, I was about to say it's diet like, Catholicism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you're looking for something that's basically Catholic, but with the core tenets of Protestantism, um, like the solas and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Anglicanism is probably and if you and you want like the historical tradition and stuff like that. Um, I forgot to ask him if if the Anglican Church is the true church, but uh, well, uh, it said in the creed, it said the ca- Catholic Church and he it starts with an A. The Apostolic. Yep. Succession. Yeah. Um, something like that with church at the end. The one yeah. church. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. So I, I would expect so. I, yeah, I, I imagine they would be like, yeah, we're the. We uh, picked up where those dirty Catholics left off. Yeah, but I, I also appreciate that he didn't hold the uh, whole judgment upon people of other denominations. Right. Yeah. He mentioned that after. I don't know. I don't think it was because he mentioned that after the interview. He was like, you know, I wasn't trying to slander other groups. I was just saying, like, He's just trying to compare and contrast because it, it, I guess he thought it could have sounded a little yeah. pejorative with how much he was talking yeah. about what this group does and that group does. But, I mean, it helps for contrast to understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of how he sees it. It's like, I believe this church is the right church, but we're all in the same group. We all – we're on the same team. Right, yeah. Yeah, which as an outsider in going to – a lot of small South Carolina churches. A lot of them do not think that way. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a lot of infighting in Christianity, and it's nice to see someone who feels this, that Anglicanism is how they're meant to serve and worship, but doesn't cast judgment upon someone else for how they worship. Yeah. And Obviously, he welcomed the three of us coming into his church and experiencing it. And that, again, that says a lot. Yeah. Uh, he also, at the end, I forgot to mention, he called it Mass. Yes. Uh, this Mass mm-hmm. is concluded. So it, it's a very, like, it was a very basically high church Anglican service, but it was a small place. So it's typically when people think high church, they think like cathedrals and. Yeah regality and all that just a small little church itself yeah though Um, i I do kind of like this smaller churches because it's a little more intimate yeah more it has it seems to me at least a bit more peaceful but that's also just my probably my anxiety around lots of people going on yeah um so what about the was there anything we wanted to talk about with the interview because he i i really appreciated um, cause I knew about like the basic yeah, I don't history wanna... of like King Henry and stuff, but I liked how he kind of mentioned that it was a, a movement that had been growing within the Catholic church for a few centuries. I don't want to be that guy, but seriously, just go, if you guys want to, this is one of the interviews where if you really want to know yeah. about the interview, go watch the interview. Yeah. Because there's so much. There's a lot of information For us there. to break down that we are not going to necessarily do it justice. So yeah. seriously, when this this episode is finished, if you have not... Go listen to that interview. It's very seriously. good. Seriously. And yeah, he, in the interview, he even said, 
I forget which question, but ooh, I was thinking about that one a lot last night. Is I think it, it was the our science and religion at odds. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was a good conversation. There was a lot mm-hmm. of good information there. And plus, he didn't. He he didn't come into it with the, I have all the answers. Yeah. He came into it with this is what I believe. But I could always be wrong. I'm not going to put a limit on a limitless being. Right. For all I know, it could be this or that or this. And I respect that because honestly, none of none of us know all the answers. There's going to be things that we don't we're unable to tell you because we weren't around. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, that everything doesn't have to be at odds. Other yeah. than that, um, he, he after gave... his sermon, he handed out to uh, all the men. Young, yeah, since old. it was Father's Day, he handed, he got um, the altar boys to yep. hand out. The Bible in 366 Days for Men of Faith by Angus Buckham. Yeah, I think it's like a devotional, uh, yeah, daily devotional type thing. Kind of goes through Genesis, through Revelations, with little passages and kind of little notes of like, for the fir- first day, it's like, experience the colors, fragrances, and sounds of creation, enjoy them anew every day. So, kind of little things to think about, passages, mm-hmm. which I think that's an expect for a church really nice little thing because I mean most people probably know most people aren't going to read the Bible yeah maybe take a maybe take this read a little bit every day and here's with the little passage oh here's kind of how you can do this maybe pay attention to like nature and stuff like that yeah or Christians could like you know just read the Bible yeah some people don't like to do that, but uh, I mean, it, uh, there are parts that are like, okay, this is kind of boring, but it's, you know, it's it's important to learn about and know what the, you believe in. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I've the, been uh, I've been slowly working through. I'm I'm reading from the beginning. I just got through Leviticus, and book. Leviticus is a slog. Let me tell you, but <laughs> it's a big book. Yeah. Well, it, it's actually. I mean, it's not as big as like Genesis and Exodus. But I'm talking about the Bible in general. It's oh, a, it's a bunch. It's especially, a bunch of big books put together. Especially because I'm reading the longer canon of the Old Testament. It adds like an extra third. Oh. So it will probably be like another year or two before I'm done. But yep. And I'm reading a little bit every night. So you're in for a hoot and a holler. I forget if yes. it was at the end of the interview or after the interview. He handed us a few books. He handed me um. A book by Alistair McGrath and he handed Bailey. Yeah, he handed David. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I this. I can't remember what was in the interview and what wasn't. So I'm pr- I'm pretty certain this was in the interview. Yeah. He handed you a book. Twilight uh, of Atheism by Alistair McGrath. So yeah, not to get that a. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna force David to read it and then we're gonna do an episode on what he learned or what he didn't learn. Well, you, you better do episode. We better combine them so you can. The book you were given. Oh, well, he, okay, so what he gave us the 39 articles and I think the smaller catechism, it's in my bag, but um, he, gave, he gave us one of the, um, basically like their, um, the formulation of their theological views, um, kind of like Pastor Trent gave us the larger and smaller catechism. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. Um, I meant to look through it uh, a little bit last night, but I didn't have the chance. No, I, I do like that. 
like for like yeah you might like this or you might learn something from this it's like okay yeah you, you've done your homework mm-hmm. and I, I do appreciate that yeah but um, he wanted to kind of extend that hand like hey you can learn something I learn I can learn something just kind of that sentiment it's really really nice and refreshing mm-hmm. is there anything else Go watch the interview. Yeah, go listen to the interview. Go, yeah. Go was, watch it on, uh, what was that one that you told me we got a bunch of listens on? Uh, Bullhorn. Bullhorn. Go watch it on Bullhorn. It, listen. That exists. I didn't either. But, uh, we got, like, a bunch of listens on Bullhorn randomly, so I was like, uh, yeah. Go, go listen on Spotify, Podbean, Bullhorn, YouTube, Twitter, Pandora. Pandora. Podcast. It's not on Twitter. That, I mean... Our social media is on Twitter, uh, Facing the Gates, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow. Uh, you can uh, email us at facingthegatespod at gmail.com if you have comments or questions or concerns or memes. Those are acceptable also. We yes. haven't gotten any memes, unfortunately. So I have I have dunked on all of us when we, we took a picture for the social media and then I made memes out of our faces. So that was pretty fun. Maybe that'll come on social media one day. Um. Yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Is there, is there anything else we need yeah. to mention? And wasn't that really that super long of service, not the kind of... It's a little over an hour, I think. Yeah. Like an hour and 15. At, at, at most, but it's not something that... Because, uh, it wasn't as, a slog to get through, like, Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, kind of as we said, some churches... One of the churches felt well, just, like a slog to get through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, it was a enjoyable, different experience. Mm-hmm. Kind of nice to see things from different cultural viewpoints and all that fun stuff. So give, yeah. give your local Anglican church a shot. See yeah. if it's for you. You know, just try it out, man. Yeah, so um, if this week was Catholicism light, next week we're getting the real deal. We're going to a Catholic church. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to interview a Catholic priest. Yeah! It's going to be pretty neat. And you guys should definitely listen, because it'll be... He's, he's got some interesting things to say, probably. He's pre- these uh, next couple of interviews we're going to do are probably going to be long, because there's lots of history that they like. They will hopefully unwind and uh, talk about. I love it. I yeah. love when it's like a minute of Michael talking in the whole interview, just like <laughs> two hours of... Someone who has the information, giving the information. And yeah. So, please, I yeah. hope it's long. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And then we'll, I've never gone to a Catholic mass, so I've, I've never been to most of these churches, but um, Catholicism is kind of a big portion of Christianity, so uh, mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see what mm-hmm. um, what that is like. And, the Vatican's... Uh, Huge player in the world. Yeah. So and see what's crack a lacking with them guys over we, there. We should watch yeah. some more Catholic TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll never forget about that one. Yeah. So uh, I think that's about it. Is there any I have I've asked if there's anything else. That's that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Love you guys. Yeah, it's it's been real. It's been fun. It's, it's been, been real, real fun. fun. We'll see and you guys we'll see next, you next week. week. Mm-hmm. Love wow. y'all. Goodbye. Yeah. Stop it.